Welcome to American Stories with Rebecca Price Janney. Today's story is about Eleanor White and Ananias Dare. The life of a late 16th century English laborer and his wife followed a predictable path. Once a woman married in Elizabethan England, she passed from the protection of her father's home to that of her new husband. She mainly looked after the domestic affairs of her household, while her husband became the main provider of an income. Each of them had a clearly defined role to fulfill, something that provided a measure of stability in an age when disease could suddenly claim a life, or economic or political conditions change one's fortunes with no prior warning. When Eleanor White married Ananias Dare as a young woman, she agreed to be an obedient spouse who faithfully served her husband's interests. But she never could have imagined the course that their lives would take or how she would have an impact on history as she lived out her marital pledge. If her life had followed the usual blueprint, Eleanor White Dare would have lived and died in obscurity. As it turned out, however, she and her family played a starring role in America's founding. She was part of a restless culture at a time when middle-class people were trying to break free from antique social rules and make decent livings for themselves in a more modern and adventurous milieu. Britain, under Queen Elizabeth I, was eager to establish supremacy in the New World, as its chief rivals, Spain and France, also vied to establish colonies there. There was a feeling that Britain's birthright was glory, although her debtors' prisons bulged, and second sons strove to make a mark denied them by their birth order. Unemployment was high, and many families, burdened by religious convention, yearned to break free. In that place and time, the dominant attitude was that religion should be observed, that it kept society well-oiled, but it had a specific place. Zeal and nonconformity were discouraged, even punished. In 1585, Eleanor Dare's father, John White, sailed with Richard Grenville's expedition to the North Carolina coast as an artist who would capture images of the New World. He served along with 107 other men as they tried to establish a military outpost to claim that territory for Queen Elizabeth ahead of the Spanish, who were active farther to the southeast. Upon his return to England, White shared his enthusiasm for the Roanoke colony with his daughter and her husband. It is unclear who his wife was, but it seems she had died by this time. Some believe White was part of a separatist movement, a dissident from the organized form of religion that ruled the day thus vulnerable to restrictive rules and regulations. 
Perhaps that is why he was able to persuade his pregnant daughter and her husband to sail back with him in 1587. Whatever the primary reason, it took extraordinary courage and commitment to leave everything familiar to pursue a completely unknown and unpredictable future. It's hard to imagine making a trip across the Atlantic Ocean in a rustic sailing vessel at all, let alone while pregnant. Eleanor shared her misery with another mother-to-be, Marjorie Harvey, and 15 other women, 11 children, and 87 men, whose purpose was to recreate the best of English culture in the wilderness. Some men went without their wives and daughters, going either by themselves or with sons to prepare the way for the others to come when conditions were in a more advanced state. John White served as the governor of the new colony, but Simon Fernandez was in charge of the expedition, a privateer who engaged in several skirmishes with rivals, thus delaying the convoy's arrival by several weeks. Once they finally landed on Roanoke Island, the weary colonists faced sickness, food shortages, and unstable relations with the Native Americans. If they worked hard, however, the money and labor they invested would pay off in the sum of 500 acres per family to begin a new life in a new world. Although the colonists had little time for play, they did celebrate the birth of the first English child to be born on American soil when Eleanor Dare presented her husband with a baby girl, Virginia, after the Virgin Queen, on August 18th. Shortly afterward, Marjorie Harvey delivered a child whose sex and name were not recorded. Because of a dire need for more supplies, Governor White returned to England days after the birth of his granddaughter, but only after great duress and pleading from other leaders of the colony, who believed only he had enough clout to make their case before the Queen and her court. Because the colonists planned to move further inland during his time away, they arranged for a signal to inform White of their whereabouts. Although he intended to return as quickly as possible, he ended up being delayed by three years because of England's military campaign against the Spanish Armada. When he arrived back in America on Virginia Dare's third birthday, White discovered the colonists had neatly buried his armor, books, and pictures, but they themselves were gone. He found the word Croatoan carved on a post, indicating the place where their native guide Manteo came from, along with the inscription C-R-O on a tree. He did not find a Maltese cross, which would have been a sign they had been in danger. Because of problems with the ships and severe weather conditions, 
White's party was unable to find his countrymen who vanished into history as the Lost Colony. He lived the rest of his days in England and Ireland, no doubt grieved over the loss of his family much more than for his vision to colonize the new world. Thank you for joining me for American Stories. I'm Rebecca Price Janney.